Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is June 14th, 2016, and I'm a little concerned about the weather today. I think we're going to have some storms, but the crew is out there working, so they're apparently not as concerned about it as I am. So we'll see how it all plays out, but you know that's not going to stop me from getting the kids out and doing some fun stuff today. I think we're going to hit the library because we haven't done that yet because they're already out of school. You know that. So we're going to hit the library, uh, pick up some books because my son, he's finished the first Hunger Games. And I told him, you know, there's a couple more books. He didn't realize that. And then he also finished, um, of course, the whole 39 Clues series. And he finished another series. Oh, he finished The Maze Runner, but he hasn't read anything beyond that. I, thought, I guess we need to go to the library. But then he said he wanted Goosebumps. I've never read any of the Goosebumps. I'm not totally familiar with them, but that's what he wants to try out next. I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to the library today. I love the library. I always loved the library ever ever since I was a kid. And I love going to, when I used to travel for a living, one of the greatest things you can ever do is go to the local library because you can find out just about everything you need to know about the community by going to the local library. So there's my plug for the library. Go to the library. Enjoy the summer reading programs, all that jazz. It's just a great time. I know our local library all throughout the summer – they bring in special guests for the kids and things like that. And we've done that for years. Mine are getting a little too old for that now. But they'll bring in like magicians. They'll bring in people from the wildlife safari park that we have that's outside of Omaha. Just lots of fun, entertaining things. And I bet your local library does the same. So get out and go to your local library. So today my guest is someone who's been on the show before, but it's been a long time. And she has a new book out called Toast to the Fool, and her name is Tracy Christian. Now, she's an author, a poet, on-air radio personality. She comes from Detroit. I haven't been to Detroit in years, uh, but that's where she is. And she just gets involved in all sorts of things. So I'm going to have her come on, and we're going to talk about choosing your genre and audience and probably a few other things. So just sit tight for a second, everybody. Welcome, Tracy, to the Back Porch Writer Program. How are you? I am great, Corey. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's not raining yet. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's probably going to, but it's not doing it yet. Now, off air, and I normally don't like to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, We were talking a little bit off air. I'm going to bring everybody up to speed. And I learned something that I did not know about you, and that's that you're a substitute teacher. Absolutely. And that we have that in common. But (laughs) the kids... They're still in school in Detroit? Yes, this is the last week of school for most of our uh for most of our district. You know, because sometimes we get boggled down in the winter, uh, you know, with cold days as well as snow days. You know what I'm saying? So once we mm-hmm. go over a certain amount, you know, we have to make up that time. But yeah, so this is the last week actually. So you know, we're about we're all kind of fat crazy. <laughs> Here in they the do. D waiting they for did. the school year to end. <laughs> 
the kids go nuts, don't they? I mean, in that last couple weeks of school, it's like they just cannot focus on Oh, no, well, that's the thing, you know, um, it's, it's about, you know, bringing that creativity at this point, you know, but it's a whole lot of year-end programs, promotion ceremonies, award ceremonies, right. you right. know, parent appreciation, picnics, you know, you look for a reason to take the kids outside and work out that energy. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know our local school, they do um, a, a field day event <laughs> that's all day. Yep, and that's the day Friday. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. That, that first, <laughs> the first part of the day is uh, the talent show. <laughs> and then yeah. we do field day. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, but they're just, they go, they're stir crazy. And the teachers are too, quite frankly, because it's like, absolutely, oh, it's almost Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Unfortunately, us teachers, sometimes we take on the, the, the personality of our kids, you know, and we be ready to get out <laughs> the classroom too. It's like, oh, time to go. I know, right? <laughs> now, love, and I know you said this too, I love the substitute teaching. It was something I just started doing for this last school year. Um, and it just, it really is a fun thing to be able to step in and get to know a class. It, and you have to do it very quickly. <laughs> absolutely, you might not see it again absolutely. Ever. Yeah, there are certain clues that I kind of go in looking at. You know, you kind of pay attention to the desk desk of the child that is very close to the teacher. You're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. (laughs) So you already kind of know. I've been doing it for years, and then I come from, you know, even being a substitute teacher in a regular position and actually, you know, grading and being, you know, the teacher for, uh, you know, along for a a school year. So I kind of know how the room is set up and (laughs) You know, and then when you really get a, a teacher who's dedicated to it, you know, their room is so neat and you have to, like, be, you know, just totally out of the box not to be able to follow their schedule. They will tell you exactly who to ask about the routine, where to go. <laughs> right, You know, right. there's always a mama in the classroom. You know, she's generally yeah. early. <laughs> yes. So, you know, yes. she's going to let you know how it's going down, how to feed the pet, whatever. <laughs> Yes, I learned a lot this last two school year. <laughs> <laughs> they and I was, honest, I was, you know. Yeah, I, and I was very fortunate. I, I was able to the the school I was subbing at is a K through sixth grade, and mm-hmm. for the fifth and sixth grade, they all change classrooms, and so they have a mm-hmm. homeroom and then they change classrooms. But right. I was able to work with kindergarten, kindergarten classroom, um, second grade, uh, fourth grade, fifth grade, and sixth grade. I didn't get to to uh, first grade or third grade this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you what, second graders are hard. <laughs> Man, let me tell you something. I have I have done the gamut. There's the one 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 branch that I won't go into, and that's high school. I, I just won't go into high school just because, yeah, no. <laughs> it's just a bit too much for me, you know, too much too much opinion at that point. You know, I'm a mommy at heart, so I feel like the little ones I can kind of still, you know, roll with. And it's kind of funny because the school that I sub at is K through um, eighth grade. So I generally stay between the first grade, the kindergarten and the fifth grade. Once the kids go over fifth grade, they get to middle school age. I kind of let them alone and add middle school to the high school situation, and I don't bother them. So when they see me leaving the school, they like, Miss Christian, we remember you. Why you never do our class? <laughs> You've already had Miss Christian, baby. It's time to move on. Bigger and better things, bigger and better things. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I saw a little boy yesterday. He was like, you know, I haven't had you any this year. I said, what grade are you? He was like sixth grade. I said, see, that's why. That's why I had you for five years. <laughs> we got it. We got it. 
So they find it funny. They crack up. They like, wow, she just she knows where she is in it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've sort of learned I really do like the uh fourth to sixth grade. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy that grouping right there. And I don't know what made second grade so challenging, but it was. It was they're just, just busy. Really they're busy and they're and they're a little more you know, they're a lot more independent, so you know, they're independent <laughs> and free to kinda, you know, run the classroom, change stuff around, <laughs> test boundaries. Act to uh-huh. complete just whatever you know, uh-huh. whatever whatever tickles their fancy at the moment. Right, right. But and then I'm looking the at them like, brunt, really? The whole brunt <laughs> of it is just it's it's they keep me honest. And then when this book came out, I actually showed them the cover because on the cover of the book is me and my husband. We oh, really? are a couple. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So that is my that's me and my husband. So you know, uh, you know that helped stop me from having to deal with temperamental models. I just became one. So. Um, <laughs> They threw us on the cover, and it was so funny. When I got my proof back, I went ahead and took it to the school and was like, you know what, I'm going to find out if this book cover is nice real quick. I'm going to just show it to the kids. And they were like, oh, you look so pretty. You look so different. (laughs) I was like, wow, thanks. Thanks, guys. I don't know how to take that, but thank you. I'm going to go home and work that out. Make me put a little more effort in in the morning since you guys act like it's a whole different person. Okay. Well, I was about to ask you if they knew that you're an author, and so how do they react to? Because you don't write for children; you write for. No. I mean, from what I recall, it's more new adult because I know the black yep. uh, college sabbatical one was new adult. Yeah. Uh, what's this current one? Is it new adult or is it going over into adult officially? I think it's going over into adult officially, but I think the people who are might be familiar with my writing or just like new adult will still, you know, find it relatable. I don't think it's too much difference. I like I've gotten so uh comfortable in my writing style now that I kind of, you know, inadvertently coined my own little subgenre. I call it reflective fiction. And that's just because, you know, I feel like it's a universal story that just might happen to star, you know, African-American people because I'm African-American, so I know I, I know these people. I know my people. Um, but And it's easy to write <laughs> from that place. But I still feel like the stories in and of themselves are large enough that everybody will be able to understand them. And ultimately, I'm hoping that I leave life nuggets and messages that make you think about how, you know, whatever those characters went through in that story relate, how those situations relate to your life and what you might be able to take back from it to learn from it, you know, at least at mm-hmm. least reflect mm-hmm. upon it enough to talk about it with other people. Now, you just brought up genre, and you said that you sort of kind of created your own <laughs> subgenre. So let's talk about the whole choosing your genre and audience topic, since I decided that's what we would call this show. How okay. did you go about, you know, sometimes it's just come up with titles. So how did you come up with the genre you wanted to go after? Well, the genre I wanted to go after was kind of the genre I found I I attached myself to as a reader. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I've Mm -hmm. always loved reading and I've always, you know, been a quiet closet writer, you know, and I didn't really let anybody know that that was one of my pastimes until well after college. 
So when I finally decided that I wanted to add something to the genre that I was already interested in, which was, you know, African-American urban fiction, you know, just across the board, you know. Um, And I like all branches of it. I like a little erotica. I like a little horror. I like a little suspense mystery, you know, but I also like things that are, you know, just just relative to, you know, African-American culture, modern day. So that's kind of where I started. You know, I just wanted to write. I wanted to be an author of the type of books that I like to read. You know, so I was mm-hmm. a big fan of Terry McMillan and Carl Weber and, you know, um, and Mary B. Morrison and those people. So I just kind of, you know, added my own my own spin to that brand of literature. But I wanted to make sure that the subject matter would be a little different or maybe the settings would be a little different. I didn't want to fall into the street lit category because I felt like that was oversaturated at the time that I was starting out. So I automatically knew I wanted to do something about, you know, black colleges and their influences and maybe go a little further than maybe the recent movies or the last television show had gone at that time, you know. But by the mm-hmm. time I did Toast to the Fool, you know, I'm from the more better generation now. I'm over 40. And happy, and um, (laughs) but I learned a lot in my thirties and coming into my artistry and just accepting who I was and getting comfortable with that. I felt like that was a a whole brand. There were a whole brand of people that that have gone through that like I have. So if I could create five characters and five depictions of playing their own fool and not getting down on themselves for the mistakes that they made earlier in life that got them to where they are now, then you know I'm kind of you know growing with my creativity and my artistry, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how an, I came inter- to it. <laughs> you brought up an interesting point because you mentioned the market being saturated with one particular area. I think you said street, um, the street side of it or something. So that's a really good point that we have to, as writers, do the research and know if the market seems saturated with something or not um, mm-hmm. and be able to assess that. So how did you go about assessing that? How did you know that, was it just a feeling, or did you actually research something to figure it out? Well, what I did was is I actually kind of did, I joined Kindle, you know, in the Amazon situation, and just kind of perused what was already popular. You know, I looked up Mm -hmm. free Kindle books in that genre just to see what kind of titles were out there and how what kind of titles were getting those reviews, you know what their numbers were, and at least that way I kind of saw what what was what was peaking interest on the free level, and then I kind of looked up in the two dollar level and the three dollar level, and then I looked at the bestsellers, and you know at that time because remember I wrote Black Collar Sabbatical, I started writing it in two thousand two and actually finished it in two thousand five, didn't publish it until two thousand seven, you know, a two, and then each installment after that was two thousand nine, two thousand fourteen, so you know I was definitely growing and paying attention, but I already had done enough research to just see that at that time, it was when a lot of, you know, street lit, you know, uh, drug life lit, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. that was out. Erotica was just beginning to kind of take off, really. You know, Zane was all over the place, you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. um, and there were a lot of sub, you know, uh, authors that came out with, you know, following along in those, in those, 
patterns, you know what I'm saying? So because I mm-hmm. might have been unknown, I just kind of felt like I was heavily impacted by my black college experience, and I knew a bunch of people who were. So I knew mm-hmm. I would have a wealth of people who could at least relate to the story. What I didn't anticipate was people who loved the story who had never gone to college. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. that. And then people who were older, like, you know, my mother's age, a lot of people enjoyed the story. So much so that I'm really thinking about making Black College Sabbatical an audio book so that it can be um, enjoyable to people who might have problems with vision and or not even comfortable with computers. You know what I'm saying? But they might be able right. to download and just press play to their phone and actually listen to a book. You know what I mean? because I found mm-hmm. that to be something that people have been requesting. So we're currently recording Toast to the Fool, you know, but then after that I am really seriously thinking about going ahead and just narrate, narrating Black Holler Sabbatical so it can be an audio form too, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that that's a huge, um, in the last year, certainly, audiobooks, mm-hmm. and fiction audiobooks have been taking off. The, the audiobooks have been there for a while, but fiction, it seems, in the last year or so really has has taken off and I love listening to audiobooks mostly nonfiction but on road trips I'll do if it's a long road trip I'll do a fiction book you know I'll go to my local library <laughs> I know <laughs> right get it that's how get I came across them that's exactly how it happened <laughs> my husband used so, it me, my husband and I used it as a date you know we've been married for almost 17 years so you know we actually just you know found ourselves strapped for cash and was like, let's go to the library. And we saw an audio book we were interested in and had enough to get a bottle of wine and sat up and boom, <laughs> that was like three nights worth of quality time. That's a great date night idea. I love that idea. <laughs> That's a really good See, idea. When you inspired me now, I think I'm going to put it on my blog. Oh, Thank you so much, Backport Rider. I'm giving you a shout that. out too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about audience. For a bit, because you know, people writers are always struggling. It seems, myself included, with building an audience and how you go about doing that. So, how have you been building your audience? The best way that I have found to build an audience, and mind you, I'm definitely still a work in progress with that. Because just when I think people aren't watching or aren't paying attention to how I'm utilizing social media, because it's free and accessible, and you can get to you know hundreds of thousands of people at, in one stroke or one post, um, that's been my vehicle. And just kind of opening up a little more, you know, um, and not try. I don't want to necessarily be the recluse writer. You know what I'm saying? So you know, through my social media. I've become just a little more open in, you know, um, promoting my book, how I promote my book, you know, kind of tying in some of my some of the things I like in entertainment to um, components of my book. You know what I mean? So, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of piggybacking on bringing that audience, you know, to a little closer to me, you know, so that I, you know, I'm relatable and touchable, and you know, I'm just now understanding Twitter and how that helps. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, just understanding the culture and kind of finding my niche in the different facets of social media has helped a lot, and particularly with, with um, you know, promoting Toast to the Fool and doing that pre-promotion because I had never done that before. I was kind of the, the Beyonce of the publishing world. I'd just drop a book. Wouldn't let wouldn't let you know it was coming. Wouldn't let wouldn't show you the cover. Nothing. Just go out and be like, "Hey, go get it right now. It's here." So this was the first time 
that I actually was like, okay, well, maybe I'll talk about it a good year before. So people who follow my page, um, and particularly through Facebook, because that's where I'm the most active, actually were able to kind of go on that journey with me. I was posting last summer, okay, I'm, I'm within this last 50 pages. It's going down. I have a headache. I can't get past this chapter. I mean, everything that I was going through, um, I tried to share you know, through that way, and I didn't realize how many people were following me until I did the launch in March, you know, and I had people traveling to actually just celebrate that this book came out, and that was major, mm-hmm. you know. So, so what was your I launch? It the, we did the launch on March um, 19th, and it was the launch of not only Toast to the Fool, the novel, because that was my first standalone novel separate from a series, you know, but it was also mm-hmm. the launch of B-Side Books, which is what I'm making um, my con- my literary consultation firm, you know, so that people mm-hmm. who are like I was, you know, maybe um, a little apprehensive in going into the publishing game, especially indie authoring, um, and particularly just because they don't know much about it, but they have a story that they want to get out there, I will walk them through the process of putting themselves on, not necessarily publishing them, but, you know, walk them through the process and, you know, giving them ideas as to how to work into a template and a business plan so that they can move forward after they bring a book into print. So -hmm. that's what it was Mm -hmm. about on March 19th. And we've been rolling. I got put out my first author. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she came out at the end of um, April. Her name is Tyra Butler, and she has a book of poetry called Poetic Desires, and she just happens to be somebody I went to college with. So she's a colleague, a classmate, a sister. She was in my wedding, and now she is my first B-Side Books author. You know, so it's a way to bring it full circle, you know. So that's kind of what the launch was about. So, you know, I've done a lot of growing Uh, since Black Hollis Sabbatical, Corey. Yeah, that's the way it works, right? You write the first one, (laughs) and you're like, oh, dang. I got it. Oh, I did that wrong. I'll do this now. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) But that's one of the fun things, honestly. The whole indie publishing thing, I love it because, yeah, you you can make mistakes and you might get a couple of reviews that are not real great or whatever, but you can still, you know, you, one, can correct them, and two, just keep going. Absolutely. <laughs> and I love that. Absolutely. And, you know, you really, I learned through my writing, because I can look at each installment of Black College Sabbatical now and I can actually see how I became more confident and more comfortable in my own writing style as each installment went along, you know, to the point where Toast to the Fool is, you know, something I'm really, really proud of. You know, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a page turner, and this is the one book that I have, not, I have yet to receive one bad review. The only criticism I have received or critique I've received so far since the book has been out is that the, pr- the print in the original print version, the original print run, is a little small. So <laughs> in the next print run, I plan on increasing it so it'll be slightly thicker. But other than that, you know, people seem really, really um, connected with the story, and that's a great feeling. You know how that goes, you mm-hmm. know, so mm-hmm. that's why we do it, right? Pretty much. And congratulations. <laughs> this is so awesome. And I know just from reading all about you, you're just you're so busy and so creative, and it's just it shows. It's so neat to hear all about it. So, Tracy, I want to thank you so much for being with me again on Back Porch Writer. You'll have to come back when the next big thing is happening for you so that we can chat about it. 
Absolutely. I love you guys, and I love what you're doing. So thank you so much. And we just appreciate you for always being here for us indie authors to help us get the word out. You guys are awesome. You know, that, it's fun. I have to do it. I'm compelled. <laughs> Well, that's what's up. That's why that's why we love coming to you. So I was so glad to see you were still rocking. So you know, I follow you guys, and I wish you much success in the going? future. Thank you very much. You too. Have a great uh, remainder of the week. You too. See ya. All right. Take care. Well, be sure to check her stuff out. It's over on Amazon. You're going to look for Tracy Christian, and the book right now is Toast to the Fool so you can see what's going on over there. And remember to leave reviews. She can use some review love. Indie authors can use review love. And remember, what you put out there energy-wise is what you're going to get back. So be honest, but be kind. That's my suggestion there. So, oh, I, before I let you go, I am doing participating in Storytellers Boot Camp all this week, and the guys over at Self-Publishing Podcast are the ones that are hosting this. It's a live event every day. It starts at 2 o'clock my time, Central Time, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, it was interesting. It started yesterday, and I sat down, and I was, it was huge. I mean, they had over 500 people, I guess, engaged in the Storytellers Boot Camp yesterday. And it's really what got me thinking about choosing genre and audience, because they were talking about that a little bit yesterday, uh, mostly because of questions that were coming in. I don't remember what the topic is today, and I also don't know if it's too late for you to get involved. So you'll have to check out Self-Publishing Podcast, their Storytellers Boot Camp, to see if you can get hooked up and involved in it. The replays are available, but they're not replayable, uh, available forever, um, but they are available. So check it out. Uh, I'm going to be doing that later today around 2 o'clock. But other than that, I think I'll go hit the library up. I got a great idea from Tracy on this during this call. Uh, but anyway... Everybody have a great week. I'm going to get back to writing on your six. I was working on the log line and the tagline yesterday, uh, mostly as a real result of the Storytellers Boot Camp. It re- they reminded me that I needed to work on log lines, <laughs> and so I was doing that. I found a great resource, but um, I did not write that down, so I can't share it with you. What I can tell you is that the resource I found said basically break it down into setting, your protagonist, your problem, your antagonist, your conflict, and your goal, and then from there create your one to two sentences. And so, for example, I have the the working one for On Your Six is a smart, sassy PI is hired to find the story, the stolen plans for a linguistic prototype by a client who's lying about her past. Five suspects keep the PI guessing, but only one knows what really happened. So that was my first attempt at writing a logline for On Your Six. So give it a try. Like I said, setting, protag, problem, antagonist, conflict, goal, um, and then bring it all together in a one to two sentence uh, summary, basically. Don't use the characters' names in it. Um, You can skip the setting if it's like modern day in a normal city. Uh, Don't end with a question because you would do that with a tagline maybe, but you don't do it in a logline. And the basic formula is in a setting, a protag has a problem caused by an antag and uh, faces conflict as they try to achieve a goal. So that's your basic formula for that. I wish I could remember where I got this. I was just doing an internet search for how to write log lines, and I found this one. And it helped, obviously. helped quite a bit. And so today I'll be getting back to On Your Sixth and working that out. So thanks for joining me here on Backport Trier, the show for writers about writers and writing. Until next time, pull up a chair, sit a spell, and write. Thanks for listening to Backport Trier. 
Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackwardsWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. <laughs>